praise God forevermore. So how to know the Holy Spirit or how to establish a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know, that's what Christianity is all about. Do you know, when we say we need to have a relationship with God, what we mean is you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can only relate with God by relating with the Spirit. It's very clear. Let's go to John chapter 14. Book of John chapter number 14. See, all along, Jesus was doing ministry, preaching and teaching and healing and announcing that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then, in chapter 14, he begins to introduce a new message. Like you read this one, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Um, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, Jesus begins to say goodbye to his disciples. All along, they would wake up and they would, Jesus would say, today we're going to Bethany. Today we're going to Nazareth. Today we're going to Capernaum. But this time around, he begins to bid farewell. He begins to say goodbye. And he had to prepare his disciples. Those present and those who would be there even long after he's gone, which includes us. So in, in, the, first, in the same chapter, 14th chapter of John, from verse 6, it says, And I will and I will pray the Father. Hey, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So that I will also come and take you and you'll be with me where I am. You understand? So he knew he was going to be up, up away from them. And then says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. He says, I know I've been helping you. I've been, I'm the one who has been with you. I've been your paraclete walking with you to help you. But then I'm going to ask the Father to give you another helper. You see now? That he may abide with you or remain with you forever. In other words, I cannot remain with you forever, but the helper will remain with you forever. And remember, the, another helper, there is Alos Paracletus. He's, he's talking about one who is uh, qualitatively the same. The Holy Spirit is qualitatively the same with Jesus. So in other words, Jesus, you know, I'm told about this, I'm sharing this and the Holy Spirit is whispering something in my, in my, in my spirit. You know what he whispered in my spirit? As I'm reading this, he's giving me um, broader understanding, he's shedding light. There's understanding in my heart. He said, Jesus never left the earth. 
This is too much, I'm telling you. Do you know that Jesus never left the earth? You know why? Because he sent us another helper exactly like him. So the, for the past 2,000 years, Jesus has been here on the earth. By his spirit. So he's telling these men, I'm going physically. But I will send you another one exactly like me. He's qualitatively exactly like me. And this one, he says, you will remain with you forever. Mm. Oh, that makes sense now. Oh, Kradiga Basoko Shanda. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, the Holy Spirit is amazing. Usually, when the Holy Spirit speaks something to me, he, he begins to, to back it up with scriptures. Because you can never claim that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and you find no single scripture to confirm. If the Holy Spirit speaks, he will give you a scripture. Scriptures. You know, I remember some many, many years ago when God was still transforming me from the, the, the demonic mindset, or let me say the, the deliverance mindset. You know, uh, where all we were doing in our prayers is to bind, break, and loose. Therefore, I come against you. Therefore, I break your power. Therefore, I destroy you. Spirit of Satanism. So, you know, fighting those things. <laughs> Every time you see us praying, that's what we were doing. Binding, breaking, casting, and losing. We thought the power of a Christian is in fighting the devil. Dry hands, Baba. <laughs> yes, so the final push that brought the final transformation was in a vision, a night vision. You know what happened in that night vision? I had met the Holy Spirit during the time. That's the time the Holy Spirit became a personal friend. Did you hear what I said? That's when the Holy Spirit became my personal friend. You see, many people, they know the Holy Spirit from a distance. My God, many people, they know the feeling of his presence. But him, they don't know. So when they get into the presence of God, when they get into the church and the presence of God is manifest, they feel him. They feel his presence. The goosebumps, the good feeling. But him, they don't know. Him, they don't know. But after hearing this, you will know him. Oh, this is so powerful. You need to know him. So, I just know the Holy Spirit as a personal friend. And he began to transform me by the word. So, in a vision, in a night vision, I saw a place. There was a place. We were at a place, myself and many other people. And suddenly somebody screamed, there's a ghost around this place. So this place was like fenced. There was fence. It was fenced and uh, surrounding the whole place. So somebody just screamed, there's a ghost. There's a ghost over there. There's a ghost over there. And people began to flee. They began to, 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 
to leave that place by their adrenaline. <laughs> you know, their adrenaline. You know, people don't want to hear the word ghost. When you scream ghost, adrenaline begins to pump faster. Fear. So they fled. But I didn't see the ghost. So I said, where is the ghost? And that's me. <laughs> that's, that's me. Really. I don't just believe things because the majority is going by it. I'm not a majority person. Many times I'm in the minority. Because I've discovered that the truth is never a majority business. <laughs> the truth is usually a minority business. You understand? So I, 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 I said, no. I need to see the ghost myself. So I went to the person who was screaming, ghost. So I said, can you show me the ghost? So other people were there. People were running away. But some people wanted to verify. Because the ghost was not so clear. But people just, when they just had ghosts, they started to run away without even seeing the ghost. So I, amongst other few people who were remaining, said, we want to see the ghost. So they, somebody pointed, said, over there. And I saw the ghost. <laughs> I didn't believe. Then I saw the ghost. When I saw the ghost, I, I turned around. I began to leave. I began to, to attempt to flee from this area. Guess what happened? Then a voice spoke and said, my people are too devil conscious. In the vision, I said, he said, my people are too devil conscious. Yet I'm the one who is really present with them. More than that devil. More than that ghost. I'm more present here than the ghost. I'm more real here than the ghost. But my people are too devil conscious. Hey, Kata Samaya. You know, this is, so, this is something that transformed my life. This vision transformed my life forever. So immediately the Lord spoke this to me. I immediately knew that this is God speaking. So I began to scream and shout, Hey, everybody, come on. Come on, don't be afraid. God is more real here. God is more present than that ghost. Don't be afraid. But who would listen to me? <laughs> they fled away. They all ran away. So I... I then I, I, I suddenly came out of the vision. Now, when you look at that, I, I, I say, dear God, I, I can tell, I can tell, I, I can tell this could be you. But I need you to give me scriptural references. At least give me something from the Bible to present this vision with. Immediately I asked that question, the verse appeared. Right in my spirit. Elisha was surrounded by a mighty army. The army of Syria. They'd come to capture him because he was spewing the secrets of the king, the Syrian king. The Syrian king, everything he would plan, Elisha would know. <laughs> Elisha would know and warn the king of Israel. And tip, he would give intelligence to the king of Israel that the, the king of Syria is planning this. So the king of Syria said, come on here, who is spying? Who is spying for Israel amongst his own people? And his own people said, no, don't you know there's a prophet in Israel? Who oh, hears the things that you speak in your own bedroom <laughs> with your wife? So he said, take me to, to that man. So he came with a mighty army to capture Elisha. And when the 
servant of Elisha saw the mighty army. He said, my father, we have perished. We are finished. And Elisha said to, to, to his servant, do not be afraid. For they that are with us and for us are many more than they that are against, against us. There are many more, more than the army. Remember, and, and, and the, the, the servant said, okay, I, I can't see. Then he put his hand, Elisha put his hand on the servant and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. When he opened his eyes, he saw the armies of God were so much more than the armies of Syria. So that's the verse that the Lord spoke to me. So he's more real today. Don't be devil conscious. Don't be demons conscious. Be Holy Ghost conscious. Oh my gosh, remember we are, we are we're still talking about uh, how to know the Holy Spirit. So, um, Matthew 28, like I, I said, the Lord always gives me a confirming scripture. Remember I said, he just spoke to me right now, that Jesus never left the earth. <laughs> Jesus only left the earth for 10 days. You hear me? When he rose from the dead, he was with his disciples for 40 days. He presented infallible proofs that he's alive for 40 days, the Bible says. And then after 40 days, that's when he ascended into heaven. And then he strictly commanded his church, don't go anywhere, go and shut yourself somewhere until the promise of the Father comes. Why? He knew that they were going to be alone. They were going to be alone. For these 10 days. So he said, don't go anywhere. Lock yourself in Jerusalem. So for those 10 days, they were locked up. Until on the 10th day, the 10th the day after the, the, the ascension of Jesus, and the 50th day after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit came. You understand? So Jesus never left the earth. Except for 10 days. You only left the earth for 10 days. Ah, this is too much, I'm telling you. And then he came back after 10 days. This time, he came back as the Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, I'm sending you somebody who is qualitatively the same with me. And then, to confirm that he never left the earth, if you'd read Matthew 28 and verse 20. Matthew 28 and verse 20. 20. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. The great teacher of the Bible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Dearest Jesus. Dearest Jesus. Matthew 28, 20. Let me read here. Let me start from verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Did, did you hear that? He says, lo, I am with you always. So, <laughs> you see what the Holy Ghost has just done right there? <laughs> he said, look, behold, I am with you. So Jesus never left the earth. Man, there's so much to to to. to to, 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 to share here because the Holy Spirit is pouring revelation and understanding in abundance. So we go back to chapter 14 
and uh, verse 16 says, Now pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may remain with you forever. And he says, this helper will be exactly like me. He will be qualitatively the same with me. That's why Jesus said, I'm, look, I'm with you forever. Right up to the end of the age. Like right now, we are now approaching the end of the age. Jesus is on the earth right now. By his spirit. Verse 17. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, take note. The helper he is sending is the spirit of truth. And he says, whom the world cannot receive. So the world cannot receive the truth of God. That's very important to mark. This is why the world cannot understand the church. I'm talking about the true church. There's a church which the world can understand. Because there's a church of Satan. There's a fake church out there. There's a false church out there. The church that is just religious. But they don't know the spirit of God. See, when the church loses its track with the Holy Spirit, it becomes a religious organization. And when they become a religious organization, then they become of this world. And then they begin to get along with the world. Because when you really study, the real church, the true church cannot get along with the world. Because the world cannot receive the spirit of the true church. The spirit of the true church is the spirit of truth. And the world and the truth cannot go hand in hand. Okay? So he says the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. He says for you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. You see, the precious Holy Spirit is amazing. I wish, I wish everyone would know him as a personal friend. Now, this is now more than just him being a friend. What's happening to me right now, the things that he's revealing, that's when he becomes the teacher. The teacher. Notice I'm saying the teacher. I didn't say a teacher. He's the teacher. When I say the teacher, he's the only teacher. Everything else that you hear, that you see, that comes your way must be verified by the teacher. Too many lies out there. The world is dominated by the lies of Satan. The world is deceived by Satan. So you better verify everything you hear by the teacher. He will show you from the word whether it be of God or not of God. You understand? Like right now, he's amazing. You know, the Holy Spirit is so sweet and he's so amazing. He, he gave me Matthew 28 and Jesus said, Lord, I'm with you always, always. He just gave me another one right now. Let me show you. It says, but you know him, chapter verse 17, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. You understand? So Jesus said, no, this helper, you already know him, speaking to his disciples and he's speaking to you who is born again. You already know him because he dwells with you and shall be in you. Now already for us, he is both he lives with us and he is in us at the same time. You understand? Mm -hmm. Say the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives, lives. Dwells. dwells with me, with me. And, in me. and in me. Hallelujah. The Lord. Yes, you see, 
Now, he has just given me a second confirmation that Jesus never left the earth. Verse 18. Can you read verse 18? I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So, did Jesus leave the earth? No. no, he said, I will not leave you as orphans, I'm coming. So he came. <laughs> he came back. This is why I said, when we talk about a relationship with God, or with Jesus Christ, we are talking about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can relate with God the Father and God the Son by his Spirit. Jesus came back. As the Holy Spirit. So it's imperative that a Christian comes to know the Holy Spirit. It's very important. Let me tell you this. You cannot know God until you know the Holy Spirit. You cannot know Jesus until you know the, until you know the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, he will take what is mine and show it unto you. For all things are mine, and the Father has given them to me. So in other words, the Holy Spirit will take what the Father has given to Jesus, and show them to us. And whatever he hears from Jesus, you say. So in other words, the Holy Spirit will take everything that uh, Jesus has, and review them, reviews them to us. And Jesus said, whatever I have, the Father has given to me. So you cannot know the Father, you cannot know the, the Son, unless you know the Holy Spirit. So this necessitates the importance of meeting him. Like I was saying to you the other time, in the afternoon that, um, um, somebody asked me and said, I said you have to know the Holy Spirit as a person. And he said to me, come on, wait a minute. What do you mean? To know the Holy Spirit as a person. I thought when I received him. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. That was enough. Mm. I said that's not enough. That's just the beginning of it. Mm. Why? Because being filled with the Holy Spirit. Is like introducing you to somebody. But just because I introduced you to somebody. Doesn't necessarily mean you know them. Mm. You've just been introduced. Meet this one. Meet so and so. And then you start from there to know each other, isn't it? So how does one get to know the Holy Spirit or to establish um, a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Number one, you have to separate yourself from the world. Once you are born again, once you become a Christian, you know some people are hearing this message late. When I say late, some are 10 years old in Christianity. They haven't known the Holy Spirit. They haven't met him. My advice is become childlike. Not childish. Childlike. Childlike is start afresh. Say, oh, really? I didn't know. Don't argue. You know, a lot of people try to argue. I've been a Christian for 20 years. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Do you know the Holy Spirit? And if you know the Holy Spirit, you know it within you that you know him. Now, remember when Jesus said, you shall, but you know him. The Greek word he uses for know, there is ginosko. And ginosko talks about experiential knowledge. Knowing the Holy Spirit by experience. 
experiencing the Spirit of God. You understand what I'm talking about? Kisoko to Oh, dear Holy Spirit. Experiential knowing the Holy Spirit. Experiential knowing of the Holy Ghost. So you can be a Christian for 30 years, but without knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. My friend, that's what we call religion. You are yet to meet Jesus Christ as a person. You can know Jesus as a religious figure. You can know him as something else. Years ago, I taught on a message called the, Resurrection, the Resurrected Jesus. And I said, Jesus, some know him as a historical Jesus. It's a easy historical fact. History records that there was a man called Jesus. Some know him as a religious Jesus. They've been trained in theology. They've read the Bible. They know him as a religious Jesus. They don't know him for who he really is. And I said some, they know him as a cursing Jesus or as a cursing Jesus. That's the Jesus in the movies, the American movies, the Western movies, where they say Jesus, not sincerely. They won't be saying it sincerely. They will be saying it like to, to curse, like when they speak the F words. And I said the true church knows Jesus Christ as the resurrected Messiah. They know the, the real Jesus. Today, the Jesus who has never left the earth. The Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. Oh, hallelujah. This is powerful. So my friend, you're listening to this, you're, 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 you're hearing me. Have you met the Holy Spirit? Because if you haven't, you don't know Jesus. But he's longing to know you. He's longing to introduce himself to you so number one separate yourself from the world that's the first step to 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 knowing the holy spirit and establishing a relationship with him number one separate yourself from the world now these things i'm teaching he specifically taught me i didn't conjecture i didn't concord i didn't just come up with this i was Praying and talking to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, show me more ways. How can people get to know you? Because me, I met him personally. He became my personal friend. He became my personal teacher. He's my advocate today. You understand? He stands for my interests. Because my interests are his interests. You understand? But I was saying to God, when, when I met you, I was just pursuing you zealously. I wanted to know you. I wanted to know more of the things of God. So I bumped into you. But there must be a way that people can know you. Show me. Show me. And then he began to show me. He began to show me. I'll tell you what he said when he began to show me. I'll tell you what he said when he began to show me when we get to the other points. Um... 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 from verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Now let's jump to verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God 
with idols, for you are the temple of the living God. Did you hear that? You are the temple of the living God. That's why God lives in us, because he lives in his temple. You are the temple of the living God. The temple of the living God. Notice he says the living God, not the dead God. So the God in you is living. So that means, to put it in a scientific uh, uh, way, that means the Holy Spirit is a living organism within us, within the temple of God. <laughs> Let's continue. As God has said, I will dwell in them. Did you hear that? The living God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? <laughs> I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Now, verse 17 says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I'll receive you. Did you hear that? He says, I'll, I'll do with them. This is an Old Testament prophecy. That Apostle Paul is quoting here. This time it was a promise, but this time it was a reality. He says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. But then he sets a condition, come out from among them and be separate. Come out from among them who? Among the world, among the unbelievers. Remember, he says, be not unequally yoked in verse 14. In other words, quit worldly friendships. Quit the life of the world. You cannot continue to live like you are in the world. Now you have given your life to Jesus. Now that you're born again, you cannot continue to go for booze parties. You cannot continue to go to the same nightclubs you were going before you gave your life to Jesus. You cannot continue to sleep around with every woman that comes your way. You know, there are people who, who take pleasure in sleeping with women and with men. They just meet a man today and tomorrow they're in bed with them. They meet a woman. This is the life they show you in the movies. You, can't be, you cannot claim to know God when you still live like that. When you're born again, separate yourself from the world. Amen. I always tell people, the first thing you need to do when you give your life to Jesus, go and tell your family and your friends and your associates. Let them know that you've been born again. Let them know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why? That helps you. Because now, when you begin to adjust your life in their eyes and before them, they will say, you say it is born again. But when you go there and you continue as if nothing has happened, you won't be able to change. Because they say, what's going on? Why are you changing? So go and make an announcement and say, I'm born again. Friends, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you getting this? So separate yourself and be you clean and touch not what is unclean. So the first thing the Holy Spirit requires so that we have a relationship with him. Why? Because if you're, what happens is if you remain unequally yoked, the spirit of truth, remember Jesus said the world cannot receive the world cannot receive him. You get it? So if you remain unequally yoked, 
you are still connected to the world and the world can't receive him. So the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to talk to you. I want to be your friend. I want to be your personal friend. I want to be your teacher. I want to be your partner in your life. Now, do you see why many Christians, do you see why many Christians are frustrated today in life? Because the helper who came 2,000 years ago has been ignored. Glory be to God. So you, if you want to come out of Christian frustration, religious frustration, meet the Holy Spirit. I remember what he told me many years ago when he became my personal friend, when I began to know him, and he became my, my partner. He said, here we don't do trial and error. We do the thing. If we say we're doing this thing, we're not trying. <laughs> See, many people's lives are full of trial and errors. Don't be a trial and error specialist. So we don't know. We're going to try. If you are with the Holy Spirit, there's no trying. You are, you are certain. You are sure. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that life. Where I speak in, in certain terms. Mm. In certainty. I speak with certainty. Now I understand why the Lord Jesus Christ said, let your yes be yes and your no be a no. When the Holy Spirit is a friend to you, you remember he's the spirit of truth. That's the level, the highest level of truth. So there's no trying there. We love you, Lord. We praise you. So separate yourself from people who are still deceived in the world. Because the truth of the Holy Spirit counters the deception in the world. I, I, I am touched by many Christians who still have who we'll, we'll live at the border. They live at the border of written world on this side and written Christianity on this side. They live at the border. And because they live at the border, when the Holy Spirit tries to reach out to them, now remember, the, the greater part of their lives was in the world. So they are connected to the systems there. So when you live at the border, when you have not separated yourself from among them, when you have not come out from among them, you will be more inclined to the world because the Christian world is a new one to you. So we have Christians who have continued to live at the border. Many of them have now become the pillar of salt. It's unfortunate. Remember when Lot went towards Sodom and Gomorrah? And at the time God spoke to Abraham that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot was already living. Lot was already living in Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> so Abraham had to negotiate with God and say, "Please, you you gotta you gotta save at least one, two, one or so for fifty righteous. Come on, come on, you gotta do something." Until he negotiated to the small number, to just a few, and God agreed to the negotiating to Abraham's intercession and negotiation, and he sent angels to to take a lot and his, and his family and his wife from Sodom before he could destroy it. And the Bible tells us that when the angels took them, you understand, when the angels took, um, when the angels took Lot and his wife and his children from the, um, and his daughters from, the, from, from, from Sodom and Gomorrah, they, told, they strictly instructed them, don't look back. But we're told by the Bible that Lord's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. We have so many Christians who have become pillars of salt. 
they looked back into the world. They heard the gospel. They met the gospel in a glorious way. I've seen people give their life to Christ in a mighty way. But after a while, they look back and they turn into pillars of salt. Some of them are still coming to church, but inside they've turned into pillars of salt. You know, one, one amazing thing that I found striking uh, when I studied the, 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 the Lot story, the angel said to them, let's go in this direction. Lot said, please, let us go in this way. You see, they had to find Lot and his daughters, they still were in Sodom. They, they were looking for a way to, to, to live closer to Sodom. Imagine them telling an angel that you can't take us there, we want to go there. <laughs> See, they were so much into the world. That's, that's the condition of many Christians. God keeps talking to them and they keep saying, Oh God, yes, I hear you, but can you allow me to just do this for two minutes? <laughs> Are you getting me? So separate yourself from the world. Come out from the world. You must, if you want to have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, you must lose the world, sacrifice the world. The world will pay you with death and disappointment and sorrow only. No matter how glamorous it looks, the world, it, the, the life of the world always ends in tears. The Bible says there's no joy for the wicked because the wickedness is in the world. So come out from the world. Young people, you cannot continue to, to take drugs. You cannot continue. You know, I know somebody saying, I, I'm born again, but I'm struggling with drug addiction. You are struggling with drug addiction, number one, because you haven't met the Holy Spirit. Because when you meet the Holy, when you meet the Holy Spirit, you become your drug. Do you know the Holy Spirit is the greatest drug in the world? Ephesians 5, 18 says, Be not filled, be not drunk with wine. As it is debauchery, it leads to righteous, to wild living. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't pay nothing, yet you be high. I'm telling you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you feel airy. You'll be in cloud nine, right? Like right now, I'm telling you, I'm in the cloud nine, I'm telling you. He's the bakuzo are you hearing me? He's the greatest drug, man. I'm I'm drunk in the Holy Spirit. I'm ex I, you know inside I feel like exploding. As I'm done right now, I'm exploding in the Holy Ghost with the Holy Ghost. He's the greatest drug. He's greater than Christ to meth. He's greater than uh, nicotine. He's greater than uh, uh, um, than than what, what what is this? Cocaine. The Holy Spirit will give you a glorious and exhilarating experience feeling much more than a morphine hallelujah or there's another drug this painkiller is it codeine codeine you give you a great experience oh I wish you know him but you know him Jesus said you will experience him so now that you're a Christian 
cry, go to the Holy Spirit and say, I, I'm addicted, I feel like taking Christ on earth, but could you satisfy me? I'm telling you, one touch of the Holy Ghost will crush the addiction forever and ever. Somebody is struggling with pornography. They can't stop clicking pornographic videos. Every time they, they, they feel I should, they feel the edge. You are a Christian, you still feel the edge to watch pornography. You are, you, are, you are addicted to pornography. Listen to this. Listen to this. What will happen is this. When you begin to familiarize yourself with the Holy Spirit, you choose to sacrifice the world. The Holy Spirit will begin to accommodate you. Oh, Dear Jesus, so because when you separate yourself from the world, this is what happens. You enter into a zone of the unknown. Because all the life, maybe you give your life to Christ at 18, maybe at 25, maybe at 40. The, all these 18 years, you did not know God. So you were living anyhow. All these 40 years, you did not know God and you're living anyhow. So the moment you step into Christ, you are nowhere. You are in the middle of nowhere. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to show you how the Holy Spirit becomes your relationship body. You need to realize you have entered into a zone where you know nothing. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall be made rich. For they shall inherit the kingdom of God. You know why? You know why the poor in spirit are blessed? He's not talking about poverty as in physical poverty, as in material poverty. He's talking about spirit, the poor in spirit, in that they lack. In, in, deep inside, they, they see their in, they, they inadequacy. They say, apart from your kingdom, apart from God, we are poor. He says, they shall be filled. <laughs> so you enter into that zone. You enter into that zone. Glory. I'm showing you how, to, how you get closer to him. So now that you have sacrificed the world, you then get into the zone called the unknown zone. You, you have never experienced <laughs> this zone. Now, sadly, this is where most Christian babies die. Just like when a baby escapes from the womb. You understand? When the baby is born, what happens when the baby is born? When they come into the, into the real world, they enter into a new territory. So if you don't connect that baby to milk, they will die a natural death. Many Christians have died a natural death because they miss the Holy Spirit. So instead of having the real Christian thing, the real Christian experience, they then hook up to the religious experience. The dead religious activities of Christianity. They're so committed to church, some of them. They read the Bible, some of them. But they know deep inside that there is something more. You know, when you have religion, you know in your spirit that there is something more. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you don't have the real thing, Look, all these people in dead religions today, Islam, 
Shintoism, um, worshipping of the dead, ancestral worship, um, whatever, even atheism. Atheism is a religion. Why? Because those who claim they're atheists, they say we don't believe in nothing. But then they agree with each other, meaning they've created their own religion. All those people, as they are talking, as they are arguing, deep inside there is a lack. There is an inadequacy they cannot fulfill. It's only fulfilled when you know Jesus and then when you meet the Holy Spirit. So the first thing is separate, come out, separate yourself from the world, sacrifice the world, sacrifice the, the old friends, sacrifice even family members. When I say sacrifice, I'm not saying kill them, I'm saying change associations. Do not be unequally yoked. Now, the number two point, the second point, we'll find it in Mark chapter 9. The next step into establishing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter number 9. I want to read from verse 2. Now after six days, I'm reading the New King James Version. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. How many disciples did Jesus have? How many did he have in total? Twelve. But here in particular, he took three. When you study uh, the, the, the Gospels, synoptics, comprehensively, you find that whenever Jesus wanted to do something uh, spiritual, he would take Peter, James, and John. <laughs> but when they are on a journey going somewhere, they would be, the, the, 12, the 12 of them would be there. And you, when you really look, the most prominent ones who were eager for the things of God were these three. Peter, Peter, Peter was always topical in the, in, the, in the Gospels, always saying things. Remember when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? It was Peter who said, you are the son, you are, you are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then you hear of James and, um, James and John, Jesus even nicknamed them uh, the Boanerges. You know that? Jesus nicknamed James and John the Boanerges because they were brothers. He nicknamed, he nicknamed them the, the Boanerges, meaning the sons of thunder. These guys were on fire. One time they were arguing. Somebody says, in your kingdom, Lord, I want to be at the right. This one would be at the left. Their mother even asked Jesus that, please, could you make it that my, my sons, one will be at the left, one will be at the right. And Jesus said, Can they, are, they fit, are they ready to take the baptism that I'm baptized with? <laughs> so these three guys were spiritual. So Jesus here was going on a spiritual tour. That's why he left the nine day. And how do I even confirm it? You will study when you read further downwards, you're going to realize when they got down, they found people complaining. They found people surrounding these nine disciples. They had failed to cast out a demon. <laughs> you see, this is what religion does. When people bring problems, real problems, and then you are down the mountain when you're supposed to be up the mountain. <laughs> when you are down the mountain and people bring demons. That is way, this is where Preachers begin to create messages. God is teaching you something with that problem. You are in trouble, but God is working something out. No, my friend, you can't bring that, you can't help that person out of trouble. Because you are down the mountain where you are supposed, when you are supposed to be up the mountain. 
Jesus was on top of the mountain and the preachers were down the mountain. And then the people brought the demons down the mountain. <laughs> so he took Peter, James and John, the most spiritual ones. And says, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. I like the word, he led them. Jesus led them. Who led them? Jesus. And we say Jesus never left the earth. He's on the earth by his spirit. So that means he's still leading people to a high mountain to be by themselves. <laughs> I want to read the living Bible. Um, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain. No one else was there. You see, now that you've separated yourself from the world, you're in the zone called the unknown. No one else is there. But I want you to know something. You should get excited because you've just reached the top of the mountain. You are now in the realm where you begin to see everything from the top of the mountain. You, don't, you just don't understand it yet. You just don't know it yet. But deep inside, you know you're in the right place. Your friends are mocking you that that guy is now a pastor. <laughs> you're not even a pastor yet, but they're mocking you. You you are now praying like you're a pastor. But deep inside, you're pursuing the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's leading you to a high mountain to be alone with you. The second step is separate yourself unto the Lord. Now that you've separated yourself from the world, now separate yourself unto the Lord. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Do you know what it means? What is the meaning of holy? Holy means to be separated. So God is saying, be separated because I'm also separated. He's not of the world. So now the second step is be separated unto the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to your high mountain. But I'll ask you a question. When you see people uh, drinking, eating, and jumping up around, patting. And it appears as if they are enjoying. It appears as if, ah, these people are having a, a, a time of their lives. And then the Holy Spirit begins to leave you uh, on top of the mountain. And as you go on top of the mountain, you'll be hearing the song, you'll be hearing your songs, uh, your, your favorite songs. <laughs> your favorite musician. That you used to dance in the world. And the Holy Spirit is saying, come here. His voice inside is calling you, come for prayer, go for prayer. Go to church. Read your Bible. And then you begin to close the door to pray. Because now you no longer have anyone to talk to. So the only person you can talk to now is God. What, unless you get into that broken position, you can never know the Holy Spirit. You must come into a broken position where you have no one else but the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you getting this? Come to that point where the Holy Spirit is everyone, is everything. He's everyone now, he's everything now. You need to come to that place where you're broken. You don't know if it was the right thing to leave your friends. Or it was not it or it wasn't the right thing. But deep inside there's a peace and a joy. But as you climb the mountain, you know, leaving a party down the mountain, going up the mountain. It's not easy to climb up the mountain because the Bible says they went up to the top of a high mountain. So the Holy Spirit will begin to take you up the mountain. But as you go to the mountain, you are not hearing anything. 
nothing is happening because that's what happens now you're beginning to pursue but it seems like he's so far away he's not far he's so close keep pursuing keep closing that door sit tell yourself i'm going to spend the whole day today with the holy spirit close yourself take your bible take your notebook begin to talk to him say holy spirit i want to experience you holy spirit you're real holy spirit jesus said you'll be with me he said you live in me so i i received you i know you're in me holy spirit i know you are the jesus on the earth you never left the earth talk to me lord be my friend be my teacher when you do that the holy spirit will take you on top of the mountain but as you start this process he seems like he's not talking to you he seems like because he's taking you to the top of the mountain you can't hear him whilst you're still listening to that whilst you're still hearing the voice of your favorite song down the mountain but he's taking you on top of the mountain are you getting me you see when peter james and john left the mountain there was a party when they left the the, the, the bottom of the mountain there was a party the nine disciples were enjoying <laughs> they were throwing a party they were dancing to the best songs you understand what i mean but by the time they came back there was a problem <laughs> there was a demon that couldn't go because when they left there was, there was no problem jesus didn't leave them with the problem but when he came down from the mountain there was a problem so don't admire the people of the world you go up on top of the mountain with the holy spirit soon and very soon you'll be looking at them wailing and crying and they will come running to you say can you help us you say let's go up the mountain you understand <laughs> this is why i i'm always saying we don't the christianity is not what it has been reduced to today to one on ones with the prophet to laying on of hands in the name of deliverance if i deliver you everything will be perfect if you meet one on meet me one on one as a man of god you are perfect that's not the real christianity the real christianity is separation from the world and separating yourself to god climb up your own mountain the pastor cannot climb the mountain for you you have to climb up your own mountain until you reach the top of the mountain why do you have to climb the top of the mountain we are about to get to the point number 3 in establishing and knowing the holy spirit it says 6 days later jesus took james peter james and john now he surrounded himself with spiritual people so now you begin to meet people from church this is why it's important to go to church you cannot just give your life to christ and not go to church you need to surround yourself with with spirit filled people people who are focused on god please when you join a church the first people who will come to be your friends are the trouble causers of the church i want you to know that there are people who are quick to befriend people but spiritual people don't just bring in people they don't bring in people closer to them they first vet you and then bring in you in into their inner circle with the holy spirit get to know this hey man the holy spirit is so wonderful he's speaking amazing things listen to this listen to this listen to what the spirit of god is saying to us the wisdom is giving us he says get to know this each and every person you allow into your life you are bringing that person into your relationship with the holy spirit be careful who you are bringing there some people lost their walk with god because of friends i know some pains some people lost their ministries because of the friends they had aw toza said the saint must walk alone the saint must walk alone don't be afraid to be alone 
at the top of the mountain with the Holy Spirit. He is the world to me. The Holy Spirit is the world to me. Are you listening to this? When the Holy Spirit means the world to you, you don't care if you are alone with Him. Oh, glory. Because with the Holy Spirit, you are the majority. <laughs> you can be with the majority, but being the minority. With the Holy Spirit, you are the majority. This is why it seems like Elijah was in the house with his servant. They were just the two of them. But when he was, the eyes of the servant opened, he saw millions of angels. <laughs> he saw the armies. He saw that the armies of heaven were, were so much more than the armies of Syria. So with the Holy Spirit, you are the majority. Hallelujah. This is so powerful. So, so the first thing we said, you separate yourself from the world. The second thing we said, separate yourself unto God. Begin to spend time with Jesus by His Spirit. Begin to spend time with the Holy Spirit. You no longer have friends out there in the world. You just meet one or two people who are spiritual. Whom the Holy Spirit will send. There are people whom the Spirit of God is going to send your way when you give your life to Christ. Yes. And only entertain people who tell you to pray. People who come to you saying, um, did you see what the pastor, people who like to gossip about the church, people who like to gossip about other people in the church, run away, run for your life. That's not a good person. Spiritual people, when they come to you, they're just talking verses. They're just excited about the move of God in the church. They're excited about the word of God. They're talking verses. When, that's the one way of knowing the wrong people, wrong friends. Wrong friends like to talk about people. Right friends like to talk about God. You can see it in their eyes, the passion. These ones will say, they'll talk about everyone else. And then at the end they say, but you know, God is good. God will be the last person they talk about. Mark those ones and separate yourself from them. Run away. You say, I left the world because of people like you. I can't continue. You left. You, you, you just jumped the gun in the world. You can't jump into, <laughs> into something else again. So allow Peter, James, and John. Find your Peter, your James, and your John. People whom you go to pray with. Even amongst those who go to the mountain to pray, some of them are not good. They're just following their friends. You see them. You sit in their talk. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. They are amongst us. You saw them by the fruit they produce. Their conversations, their focus in discussions. Do you understand? Stay away from people who try to remind you of what you lived, the life you lived in the world. You have come into a new life. So go climb up the high mountain. How do you climb the high mountain? You shut yourself from the world and open yourself to the Holy Spirit. You spend time reading your Bible. You, sp you're, you are just fasting. They call you for food. You say, I'm coming. You're reading. You respond to breakfast at 3 p.m. You say, is my breakfast ready? They say, no, there's already there's lunch. You say, ah, what's the time? You lose the count of time. You know, I remember this man years ago, years, years, years ago. When I met the Holy Spirit, I didn't want to be with people. I wanted to close the door and be by myself. I always say this. One day, my brother left the, the house. He saw me living, seated at the corner of, of, of the bed with Bibles, a heap of Bibles and books. 
at 8 a.m. He came back around 4, 5 p.m. He said, you are still the same position. And then he said, if you were a Catholic, you would become a Pope. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was a good compliment. But I, I was not noticing. The day would just come and go without me noticing because I was enjoying the new friend I had met, the Holy Spirit. When you meet him, I'm telling you, this thing that I can't pray, I can't read the Bible, it's, it's, it's religious Christianity which cannot pray. I hear people say, pray for 15 minutes. Ah, what will I be saying? You have not met him. When you meet the real one whom we pray to, you don't want to quit prayer. <laughs> you will say, I can't stop praying, guys. They will say, can you come here? You say, I can't stop. I have to pray. You, you quickly withdraw yourself to go and talk to him because he's so sweet. He's so real. I, I will never forget how I would always say every day when, the, when his presence was on me and he was speaking to me, I would always say, Holy Spirit, you're so real. Holy Spirit, you're so real. You're so real. I kept telling him, you're so real. Because I was amazed. You're real. And he has, be, he has been the reality of my life for the good many years now. He's a reality in my life. Hallelujah. So the third thing or the third step to establishing a relationship with the Holy Spirit or to knowing um, him as a person, as a friend, as the teacher, as a partner, as a helper. The third step is um, listen to this. Now, the third step is not yours. The third step is his. Listen to this. Are, are, you, are you enjoying this? Yes. The first step, you've sacrificed the world. The second step, you've now given him your time. You're spending time with him deliberately, intentionally. Not just two minutes. Uh -uh. When you want to meet the Holy Spirit, you don't go for two minutes and say, oh, I want to sleep. No. When you want to know the Holy Spirit, you'll, you stay up the whole night seeking him, reading the Bible, talking to him, even if you don't feel like he's come, he's talking back to you. Remember, you're climbing to the top of the mountain. When you reach the top of the mountain, something will happen. That's the third thing. That's the, that's the third step. This is, I told you, I'll tell you what he said to me when you begin to tell this. This is the next thing. So Jesus, six days later, Jesus took Peter, and James, Peter James, and John to the top of the, a mountain. No one else was there. They were alone. Maybe I should just read the Passion Translation on this verse. Verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. So learn to be alone. Mm. The Holy Spirit cannot speak to you when you are in the crowd. Mm. Forget it. Yeah. The people will say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. You have to go to be alone. Mm. The only time the Holy Spirit can talk to you when you are in the crowd is when you are coming from a lonely place. You can only get to know His voice in the crowd if you are coming from a private place. <laughs> Many people want to hear God for the first time in the crowd. It's not possible. How do you know the voice? You don't even know it. But when you go to be on top of the mountain, alone there with him, then you know the voice. <laughs> now listen to this. I want you to listen to this. Um, we're still in the Passion Translation. After six days, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a mountain to be alone. And Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. That's the third step. The Holy Spirit will dramatically alter your appearance. 
Let me read it from the Living Bible. That's verse 3. And he, uh, no, let's do on verse 2, the last part of verse 2. He says, suddenly his face began to shine with glory. Suddenly something will begin to happen. Ah, yeah. Man, this is so powerful. Let's see. Let's hear the New King James. He says, and he was transfigured before them. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me when he taught me, when he then gave me these points. I asked him, how? How can I present it to people? How can I introduce it to the people? Remember, I have got another teaching on how to know the Holy Spirit. I even wrote a book, Precious Holy Spirit, on it. And, and I gave a three-step formula to knowing him. Number one, I said, recognize him. Number two, I said, yield to him. Number three, I said, walk with him. It's, 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 there's no contradiction. It's the same. This is just that uh, that first three-step formula is what you then begin to do when you are alone with him. You start recognizing him. You start yielding, surrendering yourself to him. And then you what? You walk with him. These are engagement steps. But this time I was talking about how you attract that opportunity to engage him. Do you understand? So, um, he was transfigured. So the Holy Spirit said to me, many people are trying to hear my voice in their natural state. Because he said, when you come into my presence and you separate, in, not come into his presence as such, because he already dwells with us and lives with us. But when we begin to practice his presence, when we begin to be alone with him, to give him time alone, he said, I will then transfigure you into the realm where my voice is real. You didn't hear what I said. The third step is the Holy Spirit will, will, will take you. You see, you enter into the room, you're feeling natural, you're even singing worldly music and stuff. But as you stay for a long time, you begin to feel the atmosphere changing. This is real. When you say, when you tell yourself, I'm separating myself to the Holy Spirit, the atmosphere will change for you. You begin to tell that something is happening here. As you keep reading the Bible, as you keep talking, say, thank you, Holy Spirit. The, the air, even the air. You know, I, 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 I said someday, out of experience, I said, if the, when the Lord speaks to you, even the atmosphere, the room temperature changes. So the Holy Spirit will begin to create an atmosphere. But you, you don't see it. Like when Jesus created an atmosphere, he took spiritual people and then he climbed the mountain. And then when he did that, the Bible says he was immediately, suddenly he was changed. So the first thing that would, the, the third thing that will happen in your establishment, the Holy Spirit will begin to respond to you. But the first thing he does is he transforms you. Have you ever noticed that there are times when you can clearly hear God? And then there are times when you seem like he's so far, you're trying to even talk to him, you can't even feel his presence, you, you, you don't know what's going on. Mm. Climb the mountain. When you climb the mountain, the first thing the Holy Spirit will do before he starts talking to you is transfiguration. Mm. He will change you. Mm. I'm telling you, he told me this. I was shocked. Mm. But because I had experienced it, I would, when I was alone, I would get into the room, I'm just feeling okay, I'm normal. But when I begin to engage, the, more, the longer I stay, the the charged up the atmosphere becomes. The more I, I get filled with the Holy Spirit, the more the realm of the Spirit becomes real. 
Because when you separate yourself to the Holy Spirit, who is a spiritual person, he will initiate you into the spiritual realm. You find yourself so active in the realm of the Spirit. And then in there, his voice becomes real. Because look here. Now, it ends by saying Jesus was transfigured. His clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow, such as no laundry on earth can whiten them. Now, this is what he spoke to me. He said, whenever you, say you linger with him alone, he changes you. You just don't see it. But you are, you are actually transfigured. You, you are no longer natural. This is why you can now decipher and decode a spiritual voice and a spiritual language. This is what the world cannot do. So it takes you to be alone with him for hours. To be able to decode from the arena that is beyond the senses. If you're in the crowd, if you are amongst the people always, you are living in your five senses. You can't hear what is in the higher realm. But when you cut off yourself from the sensual world and then you go in to be with an invisible spiritual person, he will transport you into the realm where he can talk to you. That's what he told me. This is why I'm teaching this. And then listen to this. His clothes, what, what, what? Listen to, to verse 4. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. <laughs> I love this. Let's see the living Bible. Suddenly, his face began to shine with glory. Did you hear? Suddenly. So Jesus actually went on top of the mountain to, to, to have this experience. And his clothing became dazzling white, far more glorious than any earthly process could ever make it. Did you hear that? Mm. What you begin to experience when you are alone with God, no earthly process can ever bring that experience. Mm. I'm telling you, I've experienced the Holy Spirit over and over. There is nothing that I can compare it with mm. in the world. Mm. Mm. The ecstasy, the ecstatic joy. Listen to me carefully. The ecstatic joy that you feel in the presence of God. There is no way. The feeling, the, the gusto, the life that fills you when you are alone with the Holy Spirit. There is nothing that you can exp you can compare it with in the world. I've tried. I, I'm saying this because I've tried. I tried to see what is it that I can compare this with. There is nothing. Let me tell you something. I mean, Myself, I'm a married man. I've been married for years now. I know the pleasure of sex. But it's no way compared to the pleasure of his presence. Now I understand why this the psalmist in the Messianic Psalm chapter 16 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. That's what's there. That's what happens when you, when you learn to be alone. You experience what the Bible calls the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. So the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, do you see something? First thing, Jesus went on top of the mountain. When they reached the peak of the mountain, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit changed him. Do you know why the Holy Spirit made Jesus, why he transfigured him, why he began to shine? Because the realm in which Elijah and Moses were, 
Moses and Elijah were already standing there. I, I, now I don't want you to lose me. I need you to catch this. Moses and Elijah were already standing where Peter, James, and John and the Lord Jesus were, were standing. But they were not appearing. They, were, they couldn't see them. <laughs> the same with you and me. The Holy Spirit will already be there. But you cannot, you cannot talk to him. You cannot hear him. Because he has not yet trans, transfigured you. So the, the purpose of the transfiguration, the, the, the glorification of his clothes and everything, was to, to take him into the arena where Elijah and Moses were. Because the moment Jesus was changed, listen carefully, it says, then Elijah and Moses appeared. When it says appeared, it means they, be, they suddenly were in the same realm. <laughs> it's Jesus who entered into the realm where Elijah and Moses were. But in the natural, sensual world, imagine Jesus amongst many people casting out demons. How would Elijah and Moses come? Unless he had been first from this uh, experience, Moses and Elijah could come there. Because he would be transformed into that level. He would be transfigured into that realm there. He can take that realm now downwards. Oh, this is too powerful. I don't know if you are hearing this. So when this happens, the Bible says, and Eli then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. When the Holy Spirit transforms you and changes you, he will begin to talk to you. And then you will begin to talk to him. It becomes a relationship. And you begin to know each other. And what a glorious life that ensues. And then he will show you who you really are. Do you know how the Holy Spirit shows you who you really are? He shows you who Jesus really is in reality. Because when you see who Jesus is, what he came to do, you will see yourself. And your life will never be the same. You become a purposeful person. Oh, you become a man on a mission. You become a transformed life. This is what we're talking about. This is how a person is transformed. Every time we say, be renewed by the renewal of, be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. And many times we think the renewal of the mind is just reading the Bible. Empty reading. Empty reading doesn't renew people's minds. It is when you read it in this arena where the Holy Spirit is teaching you and showing you that your life is transformed forever. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. Now, do you see why the Holy Spirit said, I'm now bringing new voices into the body of Christ? Because this message is to return again. Time and again, the Holy Spirit sends people who talk about him and then bring in the reality of Jesus Christ. Because religion uh, increases in the church uh, in every generation. It starts with the revival, then religion creeps in. And then God sends again a new team with the real thing and dispels religion. <laughs> That's what's happening now. That's the season we've entered. The church has become religious. But the Holy Spirit is saying a new season has come. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. A new season has come. New voices are, begin to, are going to begin to speak for God. Voices of real experiences with God that would dispel religious aspirations, aspirations and religious lies. New voices. This is why in this COVID-19 pandemic, 
Satan is trying to squeeze the church. He's trying to squeeze the church. You know why? He knows that the prophets, the apostles, the teachers, the evangelists, and the pastors who have been hidden by God in the spiritual caves, like the prophets who were hidden from, from Jezebel by Obadiah in the cave, 7,000 prophets. They were later on released. Satan knows that those, these ones who, who were hidden are about to be released. And they have a fresh word from God. So he's trying to squeeze the church. But he's too late. He's too late because the sword, like, like Elisha prophesied and said, prophesied to Jezebel and said, if the sword of, um, who is this? Um, in fact, it's Elijah who prophesied. Because, oh, Taligramande, when the season, when Elijah's season finished, the Bible says, Elijah said, God, was, God spoke to Elijah and said, go and anoint Elisha to be a prophet in your place. And go and anoint Jehu to be a king in the place of Ahab. And then he said, um, um, he said, if, 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 the, if, if Jezebel misses the sword of Jehu, the sword of Elisha would kill her. You understand? So there are swords that are being released. God has already decreed the devil is too late. The sword of Elisha and the sword of Jehu, they are entering into the world. These voices like the sword of Elijah and the sword of Jehu. So if Satan is missed by the sword of Jehu, the sword of Elisha, and we know the, the, uh, uh, Jehu, when Jehu arrived at the palace, Jezebel cut through herself from the top. and She died and dogs licked her, her blood. Exactly as prophesied by, by. So this is the arena we have stepped into. Men and women who have known the Holy Spirit, who have been in the wilderness, hidden in caves, being trained by God, are now being released. And I am one of them. I'm actually <laughs> one of them. I'm excited to God. Sent by God to teach his people. To, to bring people into a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is so powerful. I'm telling you, there's a change of season. It's a generational change that's taking place. The old generation is being put, put alongside. But then the front rows are being taken by the fresh voices. You're going to see this. Mark my words. They're going to begin to see new voices speaking the accuracy with the accuracy of God. Coming into the same equal knowledge of God. Oh, this is so powerful. Thank you. And Graceland Ministries, Inc. and Faith Giants Network are earmarked for this. Are earmarked for this. Hallelujah. Oh, may God bless you for hearing. May you come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Let this word burn and drive you into the mountain. Drive you into the closet. That's when this is real. Apostle privilege, Nyamkondiwa here. God bless you.